Hello, and welcome to More Than Abstract. I'm Prangel, and I'm joined by Eric. How are you? Doing okay. How about yourself, man? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I, I wanted to choose a topic that you might have a bit of background on. Well, that's how I came up with this. <laughs> I'm going to pose this situation to you. Imagine you were blind and an ambulance was nearby. Okay. How would you know whether it's moving towards you or further away? Oh, um, the, the pitch. The Doppler effect. You got it. The, the change in pitch and the Doppler effect. And that's how the first GPS system was first imagined. Really? And so congratulations. You basically are on the same path that the initial people who made the GPS system are on. I didn't know that, actually. That's interesting. So in this case, we're not going to be talking about ambulances and being blind, but rather Just... Sputnik, the first satellite in space. Um, so this was the Cold War era. So everything anyone ever did has to be it has to be to spy on the other side or something military related. That makes perfect sense. And the U.S. was looking at the data coming from Sputnik and realized it's kind of like an ambulance. Depending on how high or low the pitch is from the original or from the original signal, you can find which part of its orbit it's in. So you can pinpoint the position of Sputnik just from this Doppler effect. Okay. And it wasn't really a big leap to go from a stationary observer determining the position of a moving object to a moving observer determining the position of a stationary object. And so began the move towards a system that can determine the position of an object anywhere on Earth. Does this all make sense to you? Like, Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely following so far. Okay. Now, that, that's, a, that's a great thought and all. Like, it'd be amazing if... You know, I knew where someone uh, I was if I got lost somewhere in the woods, but it, it hit a bit of a bump in the road. I imagine it might be kind of hard just, you know, tilt your head back and, and screech and have people find you. That's right. <laughs> you can't exactly count on that. But it, it was also the case that it was pretty expensive. The science behind it is solid, but setting setting satellites up into space to do all this stuff, which is how you have to do it. Like, there's no other way to tell the position of something anywhere on Earth without going into space. To do all that would be pretty expensive. And the U.S. government at the time was not uh, inclined to fund the, the startup version of the GPS system. I imagine the usefulness of this was put into question many a times just because they didn't have this kind of tracking. So they might have thought, oh, it's impossible. They're probably going to get like half or a quarter of what they asked or what they're looking for. Right, right. Like, I have a map. I have a compass. I, I know mm -hmm. where I'm at. Why do I need something else to know where I'm at? That's right. Yeah. You know, I guess the senators at the time just, just weren't for it. They were like, map, idiot. <laughs> now I can't get in my car without turning on uh, Google Maps just to go to the same route I always go on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't know how I do anything with that. To be devil's advocate for a bit, remember this was in the day when money was linked to gold, so it was a bit harder to throw money around than it is this than it is today. I don't know. I think um, gold holds up better in the air, and I can uh, you know get a better trajectory if I throw it. That's true, uh, but of course uh, the the Russians might do the same thing, make their own GPS system, and eventually it was funded as something defense related, as most things were. Lucky for us, I guess. The first of these projects was, wasn't really intended for civilian use, only the military. Considering it was a lot of money, they didn't want to 
just anyone to use it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if the Russians know where my favorite bagel shop is? It's it's just I just because I left my phone on. <laughs> um, initially, it was used to find where submarines were actually. Oh, that's important because they're little mm-hmm. stealthy things. Mm-hmm. If you're in a sub, uh, you can't exactly look outside or look at the stars and tell where you are, and you don't want to surface in enemy waters. And all it took was some satellites bouncing signals off of each other tell where a sub was, so proof of concept, it really works. And that's in the open ocean. Like, there's nothing else to get in the way. That actually is a really good way to test it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. test a more rudimentary version. It's funny to me to think that this this GPS system was before the moon landing and only more complicated ones were after the moon landing so we got to the moon and then developed gps decades later that's crazy i didn't know we didn't have the ability to ah that's just crazy to me man yeah it's 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 absolutely amazing i never take any modern convenience for granted i always realized it wasn't that long ago we there are people alive who were who didn't know this convenience and i'm like Oh, thank God I have this. So how do, how exactly does sending signals to a satellite tell you where you are? It's, uh, it's not exactly obvious, so... No, I don't know. The next question was, uh, do you want to make a guess? Um, but I guess not. Nope. <laughs> Unless you don't want to try. I'll definitely get it wrong. I do know it has something to do with air quotes here, triangulation. It does? I do remember reading about it a long time ago, but I, mm. I absolutely do not remember how those three points can determine your approximate location. Okay. Well, it works like this. You send a message out into the universe, anyone can read it, uh, and it hits some satellite. And it says, I sent this message at 8.06 p.m. And one satellite received it at 8.07 p.m. Okay. It can't tell where the message came from. It could have been anywhere but it knows that it's exactly one light minute away because, you know, the time difference is a minute in this case. So therefore, from where the satellite is, it makes a circle around it being like exactly one light minute in distance away. This person who sent the message is within that one circle around it. Got it. And then overlapping circles from the other satellites. Overlapping circles. Another satellite, they, they come in at a, at a different point, receive the message at 8.08 p.m., and uh, make a circle around them that's a bit larger, so I can be in any part in this larger circle. Then a third one comes in at 8.09 p.m., and it makes another circle. The intersection of these three circles is where I, the sender, sent this message. And that's just triangulation. Nothing more complicated than that. Question for you, then. Mm-hmm. flashback to you know my my early days of using a, a gps navigation app all of a sudden i'd see myself driving and then the next minute i'm no longer on the freeway on the app i am on the uh, service drive yeah i noticed it doesn't happen as much anymore so it seems like they're much more accurate if you were to increase the accuracy would you add more than three points of um satellites you know what? I'll be talking about it at the very end of the episode. So oh. I guess... Um, I'll have to wait. Yeah, I'll leave that. So you might be wondering how lucky you have to be to have at least three satellites right above you at all times. 
This sounds a little crazy. You might naively think that there must be hundreds of satellites up there that are just for GPS so that everyone on Earth can know where they are at any given point. But actually, there's there's this network of satellites that orbit around the Earth. There's only 24 of them in this very specific pattern that's, that's amazing. Let me share with you this. I remember learning about this, and I remember hearing that uh, I believe China and India wanted to add some more satellites of their own to cover specific regions of theirs that weren't a part of this, this network. Okay, yeah, sure. Oh, I wish I remember where I heard that. Here's a gif of it. It's called a satellite constellation. I'll post a version of this on Twitter, so if you want to see it, follow us at more abstract. So can you describe uh, this gif, gif for me? Sure. In the center is uh, the Earth, and it's rotating. There is a part on the U.S. that's mapped, and it has a bunch of red lines going from that part of the map out to all of the rotating satellite markers. As the satellites are moving in orbit around the Earth, the ones that are visible to that point in the U.S. draw a line. When they lose line of sight, the line breaks, and you can see a counter telling you exactly at how many satellites are visible at that point in time. It's perfect. I couldn't, I couldn't have done it better myself. I remember training in, uh, in the desert, and we had to get a satellite communications channel up. And they said, all right, just build your little mini antenna. You're going to point it up at the horizon right there and just move it slightly to the right. And that should be good enough coverage for ever. You don't have to move it. What? what? Okay. People were there before us training. That specific point in the sky was like almost always covered by um, what's being illustrated in the skiff. Oh, well, um, I guess that's where the satellite was at that given time. I hope I explained that well enough. It you did. You... Okay. It, it looks really cool. Somehow, you don't need a lot of satellites for this to be functional and global. You only need about 24 of them to cover the world, and that's pretty impressive. That's extremely impressive, especially for how much data each and every one of those is, is sending and receiving all the time. Yeah. And now, to answer your question... The U.S. wasn't the only one that made global positioning systems. Russia, China, and the European Union have their own GPS constellations as well. Actually, the EU's is pretty recent. They started launching in 2016 and finished in 2020. Some of these networks need to be upgraded over time, like the U.S. one. It was pretty old, and so they've been continually upgrading it to make it better and get the precision higher. Rather than having four satellites view you at one time, they just make the sensors more precise, um, the devices more better calibrated, and that's how you get better um, positioning. Like the the EU one, you can get a pos uh, your position within three me one meter, which that, is really good. That is crazy. Yeah, I think the US one is it's, it's much more newer, better calibrated instruments, better position. You don't need more satellites. I'm sure that's a lot cheaper in the long run, too. It is, well, I, I, yeah, I, I guess so. You said that India and J China, China wanted to make specific ones in specific areas. That's true, they do. I think you were thinking about Japan, actually. Japan has its own satellite network that's just specifically around Japan. It was something about making sure that inside this one mountain valley that was, like, not 
well aligned, making sure that always had coverage. That might be tough. I could understand that. This was also a while ago, too. So this whole thing started as a military thing. So how did regular people get access to it? I can't imagine the military would just be like, hey, let's give away a valuable positioning network to anyone for no reason. Right. Well, that only started because of a tragedy. Uh, do you know what I'm referencing? Again, I read about this a long time ago, but I do not remember. Okay, I'll jog your memory. Thanks. There was a flight in 1983, Korean Airlines flight, uh, flight 007, uh, a Boeing 747 that was going from Anchorage, Alaska to Seoul, South Korea. They strayed off course. This was in the day when you couldn't pull out a phone and figure out where you were in the world. And they strayed a bit too far into the wrong place, Soviet airspace to be exact. Oh. So this being the Cold War, people were on edge and the plane was shot down killing all 269 passengers. And because of this tragedy, Reagan made the GPS available available for civilian use, something that we just can't live without. It came about because of this tragedy that well, could have been avoided with this technology in, in, that was in, implemented. Wow. That's terrible. I am glad we have GPS. I am too. I don't have to worry about straying into Soviet airspace. Or you do have to worry about them finding a favorite bagel shop, though. That's true. Yeah, like, I, I can't have anyone go there. Like, it's, it's a hidden spot. It's perfect. Hidden for a reason. So that is the story of how we got GPS. So, what'd you think? Yeah, it's definitely as complicated as I thought. <laughs> it, not, not in a bad way, not in a um, hard-to-understand way, but, oh, man, the scale of it how integral it is to like everyday life is crazy yeah it's just one of those things you can't live without it and you don't know where it comes from most of the time because that's what all this podcast is about <laughs> making you appreciate what you have so if you like this episode please consider subscribing and leaving a review tell us what you think about it and tell a friend and for supplementary content be sure to follow us on twitter at more abstract yeah this um this gif is definitely worth checking out i have kind of been staring at it this entire time it's really cool yeah so uh check it out and you can find more episodes wherever you get podcasts